Good evening or morning, whenever you might be listening to this. This is your host, Alfred, for the Campus to Canton Early Lines Show. Now, I've been doing this for a few weeks now, kind of getting our sea legs for the 2022 college football season. Had a rough go uh, in week zero, but since then, doing pretty well. Overall, I'm sitting at, um, I believe it is 16-13, which isn't the best. But if you don't count week zero, which is a bit of a crapshoot, 15 and nine. Um, and, uh, you know, stick with us. If you are not already a member of our NIL tier, you can join and get all of my picks, all of Chris Mox's picks, um, you know, given to you in the NIL tier. We pretty much do that for all of our subscribers uh, at, in that tier for our, for our website. However, um, <clears throat> unfortunately for my quote unquote best bets, best bets article each week i think it might be one and eight so i'm somehow just picking the worst uh worst bets other than that doing incredibly well i've literally picked every losing bet for the best bets article so not great there however like i said 15 and 6 in the last two weeks and looking to improve on that so going back to the the early line show last week you know initially on gut feeling, looking at those lines, I went back and listened to it. I would have been six and three just betting those initial reactions to those early lines. And those were Mississippi State at less than a TD. They covered that easily later. Uh, Iowa State plus 3.5 felt like a no-brainer, but it also felt, and I tweeted about this during the week, it felt fishy. That line did not move. In fact, it went more in favor of Iowa. That means Iowa money was coming in. Iowa State got up to point uh, plus four during the week, and they think came back to plus three and a half. But Iowa State was the better team, and they ended up winning that game by three points. Um, and and frankly, should not have been that close. They should have been up uh, ten to fourteen to seventeen points at any point in that game. I think they had two turnovers. Uh, I believe um, interceptions. You know, within the red zone territory, they just they really they really owned that game start to finish outplayed Iowa and still barely won. It's a tough task to win in Iowa. However, they did it, they covered, etc., etc. I said Bama at minus 17 against Texas last week was too low. It should be closer to 21. LOL. Obviously, Texas gave him a heck of a game and uh, was a one-point spread. Bama ended up winning that game, but uh, definitely did not come close to covering at any point during that game. So that was off. Um, and then Boston College. I am wrong on Boston College. I just completely misread that team. Uh, I thought with his senior veteran quarterback, Phil Jerkovich, and Zay Flowers back and other pieces, that they would be uh, really primed for a big run this year and just have absolutely laid an egg in two weeks, losing to Rutgers, losing to uh, Vatek this past week. Outright loss, did not cover. That O-line must just be absolutely terrible. Um, you know, gave up uh, five sacks this past week and only had the team, Boston College, only had four rushing yards on the entire day. So very gross for Boston College. I will no longer be backing them. They are on my do not bet list for the rest of the season, I think. And then I said Baylor was a very evenly matched team and plus three felt pretty good going up to BYU. 
kind of right, kind of wrong. I mean, the game went to overtime. What else do you want uh, for in terms of an evenly matched team? The game went to overtime. They ended up not covering three, though, because they lost by six. And then the last four, I was right on immediately. I said anyone getting points against Nebraska, I was right. Uh, Georgia Southern not only covered the 21-point spread, that up to 23 during the week, but they just won straight up outright, and Scott Frost is now canceled. Uh, Kansas State, I said at 7.5, made me a little nervous. I wanted to bet them at a touchdown or less. They covered that easily, covered 7.5, covered 9.5, all the way up. Um, I ended up not betting it because I kind of wanted it at a touchdown. In the end, that was silly. They won handily going away. App State, I said, was a live dog at 16.5. That was bet up to 19 points during the week. And honestly, I got I got spooked by that line movement. I liked it initially. It got bet up. I said, wow, all the money's coming in on Texas A&M. And in the end, I should have gone with my gut. I didn't bet it. And App State not only covered, but won outright. Shocking Texas A&M uh, at home, ending any kind of national championship hopes, I would imagine, for Texas A&M. Um, but, you know, I, learning my lesson. If it, it looks right initially, I, I need to just trust my gut. I didn't end up betting it at all. And then finally, Kansas. I said I liked them plus 14. It got bet down to like 13 during the week, and I never had a chance to actually take it. It was at one I was kind of eyeing all week, and I, and I kept wanting to, and then, you know, frankly, I just never quite did it. And they ended up winning outright at West Virginia. Uh, I said they were a game. I said they were going to be a tough out this season, and they are proving me right. They will come up in this week's episode of Early Line. So... I feel like I was pretty good last week, at least on those initial reads, with the obvious exception of Boston College. I mean, I just had that team model. Uh, what can you say? All right. So this week, I will share with you lines I have already taken. Oklahoma, there was a look-ahead line before this week even played on, like, Friday. Oklahoma at Nebraska at minus eight. I already said I'm taking anyone against Nebraska. Oklahoma, eight points felt just way too low. That was immediately bet up to about eight and a half. Then when the game's played, they take it off the board, and that has shown up again now. It is minus 14 and a half. So when these early lines, these look-ahead lines, jump on them if you smell something that's off. Now Oklahoma, you know, after Nebraska lost, after they fired their coach, and, the, you know, I'm a little nervous, a little nervous about a battle, you know, kind of that dead cat bounce. Uh, but... It's 14 and a half now. I'm pretty comfortable having it at eight from earlier this week. Um, so I've, I've got that already locked in. Other bets that I already have locked in from these early lines, and I don't think they've changed too much from earlier today. This is a little bit later than I would like to publish uh, this podcast. But Western Kentucky, I want them at plus seven. Uh, let me remind myself who they're even playing. Sorry, this is great. This is great podcasting here. Uh, but Western Kentucky, I like them getting a full touchdown. I think they're a live dog uh, to just win outright, actually, this week. And they play Indiana, who, you know, basically I'm, I'm fading Indiana. I, I don't see any reason to be optimistic with Indiana. I faded them when Illinois had three and a half against them. Uh, Illinois ended up losing that game, but they did cover three and a half. And frankly, they shouldn't have lost that game. And Indiana then got got was down to Idaho this week at home. 
I just think they're a terrible team. They were one of the stone worst teams in the NCAA last year. I don't think they've improved very much. Um, somehow beat Illinois, who now looks pretty good. Illinois just won this past week. I don't know how they lost uh, at Indiana, but I like them. I like Western Kentucky to cover seven. And honestly, Live Dog could beat Indiana outright. If Idaho can do it, I just, Indiana is not good. They are not good. Um, it's now actually down to only plus six and a half. I have it plus seven from earlier today. BYU. I like BYU going to Oregon, getting three and a half. That is now four. So some money is coming in on Oregon at home. You know, BYU is a good team. They have veteran leadership, as they typically do. A lot of upperclassmen. The quarterback's like a 60-year senior. He's not going to be phased. Uh, Oregon's quarterback, of course, is Bo Nix. The much maligned Auburn transfer. And Bo Nix is a fifth year, I guess, on a fourth or fifth year senior as well. But he's not very good. He's not very good. I think BYU is going to give them a heck of a game. Getting getting anything over a field goal, I, I think, is a great move. Um, I know it's at Oregon. This is not the same team. This is not the Chip Kelly era team. This is not the Mario Cristobal era team. It's a different team. It's a rookie head coach. And I am not super impressed with what they put on the field uh, up to this point. And I think BYU is a team that's going to come in and just not be pushed around at all. Um, I think getting more than a field goal feels great there. UTEP, minus four. I believe they're playing New Mexico. Who's just a bad team? No, it, it might be. I get all. I get honestly. I get UNLV, New Mexico, and New Mexico State all kind of mixed up. But yes, it's UTEP at New Mexico, and uh, UTEP was minus four earlier. It is now minus three and a half. So I guess there's some New Mexico money coming in. I don't understand that at all. New Mexico is about as bad as as New Mexico State, who's about as bad as UNLV. They're all terrible. And I think UTEP is a quality program. I think they have senior veteran quarterback, Garen Hart and Gavin Hardison. Um, and you know, they, they failed to cover against New Mexico State this past week, 17 points. They failed to cover, even though they were up 17-0 at halftime. Failed to cover, ended up winning, I think, 20-13 to 13 it was. Um, but yeah, you're going to give me just four to cover now? I mean, I think they're a much better team than New Mexico. So I was happy to take that line. Some other uh, names worth mentioning here on these early lines are Cal going to Notre Dame. Uh, of course, Notre Dame just lost to Marshall. I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to be up for this game. They're not going to get pushed around. They're not going to pack it in. But what we've seen is uh, Tyler Buckner, the Notre Dame quarterback, you know, came out, looked pretty good, uh, hit his first eight passes against Ohio State, and frankly since then has been pretty bad. He kind of got benched at the end of the game against Marshall after throwing multiple picks. Um, I still like him as a talent, but I think it's pretty clear he is not ready for prime time. If they start him, great. If they don't start him, they're starting an inferior talent. Now, maybe I think it's Drew Pine is the backup. He's a little more, maybe a little less risky, a, a little more kind of plays things close to the best, maybe makes less mistakes, but he's a worse player than Buckner. So if they start Pine, great. If they start Buckner, you could have five picks. Um, and Cal going there, 
It was originally plus 14, and I obviously loved it at plus 14. I got bet down pretty quickly to plus 12 and a half. Now it's all, I'm just checking right now, it's plus 12 for Cal. I think this is interesting. If money comes in on Notre Dame and that pumps up, I mean, 13 is kind of a key number. It's two, you know, two touchdowns in a, or two field goals and a touchdown. I doubt it gets back up to 14. That would have been nice to hit immediately. I think maybe rather than playing plus 12, you might just want to play the money line. I mean, California plus 360 just went out right. Uh, if you think Notre Dame is going to play bad and is on the downswing or Marcus Freeman doesn't have him going, I mean, maybe you don't really bother with 12 and just go all the way to money line play. But I have not touched this yet. It's certainly an interesting one to keep an eye on because it really depends on what you think of Notre Dame right now. Um, I, I can't... You know, them losing to Marshall was brutal. Uh, Marcus Freeman's now 0-3, I think, in three, uh, last year's bowl game. And then the first two games, obviously, Ohio State is excusable. But then losing to Marshall is just not excusable at all. The reason I haven't bet Cal just yet, I'm not sure who they are yet. They have shown some more competence on offense. They have a great receiver in uh, just, I think it's Justin Hunter or uh, Jer Jeremiah Hunter, maybe. A Hunter, definitely his last name. Um, and, you know, they've got a great freshman running back who's making a lot of waves in Jaden Ock. They've got a quarterback uh, transfer from Purdue. He's looking pretty good. Their defense is looking okay. I mean, you know, Cal's showing me some stuff, but I really, I don't feel like I know who they are yet. That's why I haven't bet it. It was tasty at 14. I didn't pull the trigger and it got bet down to 12. So not terribly interested uh, right now, but I thought it was uh, worth mentioning. And it's Jeremiah Hunter. Just wanted to correct that for you all. Okay. We also have FAU at home taking on... Sorry, I have to scroll here. I know this is just great radio. I'm not super prepared. It's been a very busy day. Um, bear with me. We're going to get you the information. So, yes, UCF goes to FAU, Florida Atlantic. Earlier, that opened at 10.5. Florida Atlantic getting 10.5 at home against a reeling UCF team who just lost to Louisville on national television. Um, it's now bet down to 10, so you're not getting the hook there. I have not bet it yet, but I do. Florida Atlantic showed themselves to be pretty competent this year. The reason I haven't done it just yet, I honestly, I had it, I had it plugged in, and I got squeamish because I'm like, I just don't want to bet on Billy Tiger. I don't think he's a good coach. I don't think he's ever been a very good coach, and um, I just, you know, that's what stopped me. I said, do I really want to bet on Willie Tiger getting ten points? against a probably superior team in UCF. But UCF has their own problems. John Reese cannot throw the ball. We know this. We saw this against Louisville. He can't throw the ball. He's a great athlete. He's a great runner. He can't throw the ball. Um, I think that UCF offense is limited. And can FAU take advantage of that? Can Willie Taggart um, lead his team? To, I think it would be a 4-0 start at this point. 3-0, 4-0. Um, I mean, Florida Atlantic is looking great right now. But I am monitoring that one. Haven't bet it just yet. And then finally, we've got Mississippi State. They started, I think it was plus two, plus one or plus two at LSU. That quickly got bet down to minus two and a half. And, uh, you know, obviously Chris Moxley had, had tweeted right when that came out and said, where's the respect for Mississippi State? 
And just an update here, as I'm looking at it now, Mississippi State is now minus three. That was a plus number when it first came out. You've got to act quickly. The market corrects itself. I did not bet it. I didn't jump on it. You know, it was kind of a busy Sunday for me. I was not able to get that locked in at the plus number. I hope Moxley did because now it's minus three. I think even at minus three, I mean, Mississippi State's shown themselves to be a pretty darn good team right now. Uh, LSU has shown themselves to be completely incompetent. Now, will you get that improvement from week one to week two with LSU? Maybe. Can Brian Kelly rally the troops? Maybe. Uh, I, I plus money, I would have absolutely jumped on Mississippi State. Now, you know, laying a field goal, it's not quite as appetizing. But that's why we do this early line show, to see that movement, to get a sense for what's going on, um, and take advantage when you see a number and you immediately be like, that's not right. You're, you're probably right. I mean, if you're good at this, you've been doing it for a long time. You're probably right. That gut instinct at that moment can often be good. And normally I don't operate on gut instinct very much a numbers analytics person, but uh, you don't have a ton of time to run your analytics. When those numbers come out, you've got to kind of jump on it right away. All right. That's the early line show. Um, hopefully we will win some money this week. And it's been good since week zero, so let's keep on rolling. Thanks for joining me and stick with us here at Campus to Canton for all your betting needs. Join the NIL tier for just $7.99 a month. Uh, you know, you get my bets exclusive, you get the chat, you get the in-game stuff. Chris Moxley is a big time in-game better. He will post his picks, say, I'm thinking of this, I'm doing this, I just laid this bet um, in our Discord. And to get access to that, you need to be an NIL, NIL member. So go ahead and do that. Without further ado, good luck everyone in week three. This has been the Early Line Show. We'll talk to you next week.